Hello and welcome to the Cheap Seats Podcast. I'm Brett McKay. The state of origin decided was upon us and you know it's getting serious when both sides are claiming key players are under an injury cloud. Joining me is the man who has also spent a fair amount of time dodging training this week, sports writer and poor actor, Ryan O'Connell. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm well, mate. How are you? Oh, yeah. Good. 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 Can you believe that we've now done three podcasts on a regular schedule over the last 10 weeks? They said we'd never do it. Well... I mean, we said we'd never do it. No, I meant, I meant us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, very, very true. We've got there in the end. Origin Game 3 is uh, is obviously going to feature heavily once again uh, in, in this week's chat, but we're also going to attempt to solve cricket's pay dispute and attempt to clear the fog currently engulfing Australian rugby. So let's get into it all, mate. Question one of five. Of all the injury clouds floating around both camps this week, how many have we actually taken notice of? Uh, I've taken uh, no notice of any of them, to how, be honest. How many How many times in the last decade do you reckon Billy Slater's been take, carried off, taken off in a go- <laughs> taken away from State of Origin training in a golf cart? <laughs> oh, oh, I, the, I, I reckon it's annual. <laughs> I'll give a little plug to a, a website here. I don't know if you've ever come across it, the Batuta Advocate. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they had a, a great article yesterday or the day before. It was a picture of, uh, I think it was Billy Slater, with his leg cut off. And the, the headline was, Billy Slater injures leg, oh, sorry, loses leg in training incident, should be right for game three, though. It's <laughs> <laughs> just about satirically uh, sums it up, really, doesn't it? Oh, good grief. I mean, he must have rotten luck at Origin training, <laughs> Billy Slater. I mean... <laughs> It it must be a rare event that he gets through a through a build up unscathed. Now here's a question for you: Do you think this is the Queensland camp putting out some type of silly mind game, or do you think it's just the media doing it? <laughs> or both? You know, you, you know, you know what I I and I'm and I'm only saying this slightly tongue in cheek. I think it's become such a standard, regular part of Queensland build-up that they don't know how to do it any other way. It's like they come into camp on a Sunday night and they go, right, um, Sunday night, you know, get get back together, get all your training gear, all that sort of stuff. Monday we'll do skills. Tuesday morning Billy's going to go down like a sniper shot him. Wednesday we'll, we'll train 10 on 10. Um, you know, Thursday Billy will just stage... Miraculous recovery. That's it's yeah. just how they do it. It's just it's. And then there'll be like any questions from anyone, and yeah. someone's hand will raise up. It'd be Billy Slater. He goes, "Oh yeah, oh, what injury yeah. do I have this year, Skipper? Yeah. Pick pick one, Kevy. You'll say pick one, mate. We don't care. It, results the same. You're going to get carried off on a golf cart. It is a bit silly, isn't it? But it's... I mean, do they honestly think it has any impact on New South Wales? Do they yeah. think like it changes any tactics or anything? Like it, it's crazy. It doesn't. It wouldn't change anything. It would. Especially honestly, now, yeah. boy has cried wolf a number of times. <laughs> it just honestly, it's it is it it is. Look, and if and if this is the last game for you know Billy Slater, Cameron Smith, Cooper Cronk, etc., etc. I mean, Origin next year is going to be boring, isn't it? Well, no, <laughs> I mean, with just Billy, with Billy Slater, will just get another injury. But if he if, but if he retires, what a they'll queen, come, they'll, who who are they going to pick to go down next year? Well, that's what so, yeah. To your point, though, it's such muscle memory that the announcement will come out on the Tuesday that Billy Slater has, uh, you know, suffered an injury, and everyone go, "Yeah, but he's Billy, not playing." Billy retired three years ago. 
Oh, oh, we still got that in the template. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, oh, and and the and the only thing funnier than that <laughs> is that the Queensland media report it as Slater under huge injury cloud, and New South Wales go, oh yeah, Slater's under an injury cloud again. Mm, yeah. yeah, righto. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just reading old news. <laughs> it's just it's it repeat. Just ridiculous. Uh, now, now Laurie Daly on the New South Wales side of things. Laurie Daly did, in breaking news, announce early on Tuesday that Boyd Courtner would be cleared. And I mean, who would have oh. seen that coming? I can't believe it. The oh. New South Wales captain is yeah. cleared to play. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's and, if New South of the border. And I mean, he even he even dropped the hint on Monday night. He even said, "Oh, look, I'm going to put the team ahead of me." <laughs> oh dear, oh dear! Look, we we'll we'll miss this. We will miss. We this. will. Oh, when when all these guys are gone, we'll we'll miss this. So, <laughs> so getting into it now properly. Yes. Why will New South Wales win the decider and therefore the series? Yeah, look, I think New South Wales um, will win the series if they actually learn from the last 25 minutes to 30 minutes of Game 2. We've had a couple of experts, a couple of pundits pundits come out and say they should just put the last 25 minutes of Game 2 in the rearview mirror and just forget about it and focus on what they did well in Game 1. I would go the total opposite direction if I was Laurie Daly. I would have replayed that last 25 minutes yeah. the entire team three times a day, every day of training camp, and point out every single thing that they did wrong and learn from it. Don't put yeah. it down as an aberration. Don't put it down as just one of those things that happened. Don't put it down as, oh, the one that got away. Don't try and forget about it. No, you learn from it because you lost that game. Queensland yeah. didn't win that game. As great as they were, New South Wales handed that game to them on a platter and therefore got, got them back in the series. The series was there to be won in Sydney. Um, the halves didn't stand up and lead the team around the park. Boyd Corner didn't stand up as a skipper and bark at people what to do. They were directionless. Uh, they lacked execution. Um, and they lost that game because of the things they did and didn't do in that last 25 minutes. So I would make them watch it. Yeah. Um, point of them going insane so they've actually learned from it because they have been the better team for what three quarters of this series and yet they go into a decider in Brisbane tied at one all yeah. they've been the better team yeah they've been I, the better team. I, I still can't really work out how they lost game two because they were they weren't just on top in the first half they were they were dominating and then they threatened to go on with it after the break as well and then somehow they just stopped they, they just yeah, stopped they, playing. They stopped playing. Um, Jared Hayne was guilty of doing a few Hollywood-type things. Yeah. Um, you know, there were some, there were some mistakes in defence. There were some mistakes um, with the ball. The halves didn't stand up and take you know control of the game. Um, there was a lot of things that they can look back on, you know, just what you might call them 1% or whatever kind of colloquial expression you want to use, but just yeah. little moments that could have shut the game, could have yeah. finished the game if they just executed properly, and they didn't. And there was a number of them. Like, I don't dare put a number on them, but it it could have been 15 or 20 different things that could have just sealed the whole series, and they didn't kind of do it. And and the opportunity was was massive because, you know, you could could see it in the Queenslanders. You could see that they were starting to think that this is getting away from us. Thurston had gone completely into his shell, which is what he does in a well-beaten side. He He just disappears from a game, and then somehow... You know, something just came off, and then he threw a pass, and I can't even think who he threw it to, and suddenly it created a line break where there really was no line break to be made, and and that was like a, a switch got flicked. All right, we're in this now, and yeah, and, totally. And that was that. That's exactly 
That's exactly what happened. With every minute that New South Wales didn't finish that game, Queensland grew in strength. Yeah. And they they grew and they started thinking that the self-belief that Queensland fames for started to really come to the fore because they're like, hang on, we're right in this. We're only yeah. down by a few points. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, New South Wales haven't shut the door in this year. We only have to score and suddenly all the pressure's back on New South Wales. Bingo. It's exactly what happened. Yeah, so, And that's a skill in itself that you have to give credit to Queensland. Obviously, yeah. over the last you know, 12 years, a lot's been made of the talent they've had at their disposal. But they've combined that talent with mental toughness. And when you combine those two things, you're a very formidable side. And they, they won that game too on pure grit. It wasn't necessarily talent that got them across the line, which it so often has over the last 12 years. This was just real old-school mental toughness from Queensland. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they, they hung around, they hung around, they hung around, and then they took their shot when they got it. Yeah, yeah. New South Wales have certainly got the blueprint, as you say. They, 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 they've, more, they've done more than enough to win this series already. So you, shouldn't, they, you wouldn't think they need to change too much about the way much. they're playing. Yeah. Whereas, whereas Queen, and we'll get on to Queensland in a minute, they've still got a lot of improvement, I think. They've actually got to Great. play some play some football. I'll yep. just go back to the point you made. It's really interesting that you say that if you were daily, you would show them their last 25 and make it use as a benchmark. I read exactly the same thing of the Wallabies after the Scotland test. Yep. Yeah. Don't, don't put it behind and just move on. Watch it in detail and make sure yeah, that never hide. happens again. Yeah, don't hide from it. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So why will Queensland win then? Um, look, it might be a bit oversimplification. Uh, it might be a bit of oversimplification, especially considering New South Wales won up there in game one. But I just think Brisbane, uh, sorry, Queensland at home in Brisbane in a game three, I think that crowd's yeah. going to lift. I think there's going to be a lot more tension. I was at that game one and I was surprised at the lack of intensity from the crowd. But I think yeah. it's because New South Wales took it out of them yeah. early. It took them early and often. I think if Queensland can come out all fired up, maybe get the first points on the board, I just think that crowd's going to be like a 14th man, um, really kind of willing that Queensland uh, team home. I think if Queensland get a sniff early, I think they'll have too much experience and know what to do. Um, But, you know, but that's not to say New South Wales shouldn't be confident because they have gone up there and absolutely belted Queensland, let's be honest. Um, but yeah, I, I just—it's very hard to go past Queensland in Queensland in a decider, that, and that's why yeah. I think they'll win. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't think there's going to be much in it again, but I, I agree. I think if they can, if they can get out there, um, and even if they, even if they don't necessarily start start well, but if they score first, mm-hmm. it'll just sort of flow on from there. Whereas, uh, you know, and, and even in saying that. Queensland probably don't have to score first to win the game, but I think New South Wales do, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Queensland have got it in them to come back from wherever, whereas I think New South Wales have to front have to be front runners. And, and yeah, I agree with that. And it prob- and, and uh, as we saw in game two, it has to be they have to front run from a fair you know, you know by by a fair way. It has to be it has to be fairly you know fairly strong. Yeah, look, put, put it this way. If it's tight with 20 minutes to go, say one team up by two or four points, yeah. you're going to back Queensland to bring them home because cause you yeah. saw how much New South Wales capitulated. Queensland have a number of players that have been that in that situation in a number of club games, a number of state games, a number of international games. And if it's tight, you'll just back them to get them home, especially with a home crowd. Yeah, yeah. That all said, they didn't have Thurston in game one and they didn't have a lot of direction. Um, they won't have Thurston in game three. And I reckon that puts a fair bit of pressure on Smith and Cronk, particularly. Yeah, I think Cronk's been a little bit below his best in this series. Yeah. Um, I, I think, 
you know, having Munster at six might help both Cronk and Smith because you yeah. now have an all Queensland spine at nine, seven, six, and one. So you've got all, all four all players Mel- there. All that, spine, yeah. Yeah, all Melbourne spine. And that's really going to help um, Munster as well. Like, if yeah. you could say a 22-year-old is going to make his debut in an origin decider, you'd be like, well, geez, that's going to be a bit of a tough ass. But he'll look around and he'll see those familiar faces. That He won't be asked to do anything he doesn't do at club level with the same players that he does it with. Yeah. So it's not your average rookie making his debut in an origin decider. It's a guy that's going to feel relatively comfortable. Um, and if he can take a little bit of pressure off Cooper, maybe running the ball, a little bit of second-phase play, yeah. running off the forwards. Um, I think uh, he, he's, he, he might play the same role that Milford did in terms of a roaming around the park, kind of a, yeah. not necessarily a traditional 5-8 role, um, but he's got a bit more of a level head on his... Uh, a, level, <laughs> level, a level head on his shoulders than, than Milford. <laughs> a bit more of a mature player. Yeah. Um, and that might take some pressure off Cooper Cronk who's asked to do a little bit too much in Game 1, let's be honest. You can, you can imagine that... Um... Yeah, that Smith and Cronk would would take Munster aside and just say, "This isn't Maroon; it's just purple. We're all just wearing purple. They're just a team." Yep, you know exactly. You know, picture yep. them, picture them as just a do what you've you been to. doing yeah. the last four or five weeks. Yeah, yeah. it'll yep. it'll be it'll be interesting to see what sort of game Queensland play and whether there is. I mean, because there's been a little bit of difference between the way Queensland play and the way Melbourne plays, and I wouldn't be surprised if there's actually been a little bit of a a change back to the way Melbourne play now. And again, that would just, yep. just to ease Munster into it, not ask him, you know, ask him to do just what he's been doing every week. Nothing, nothing different, nothing special, nothing, you know, out of the ordinary because this is origin. Just play the, play your game. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's definitely how they'll approach it in attack, yeah. I think. They'll probably be a little bit more Melbourne-centric. I think in defence, when, when Queensland really started to stand up in game two was when Dylan Napper and Will Chambers started to, get a bit of intensity in the yeah, game. It hasn't yeah. been the most fiery origin encounter that we've seen over the last 10 years or even, you know, more than that. So no. once that intensity level lifted and Dylan Napper was right at the heart of that, Queensland really started to lift. And I think they probably were beaten up by Andrew Fafita in game one. And yeah. they probably took that personally in game two and thought, you know, we've got to match some Firestone with Firestone here. And I think that's uh, kind, of, kind of be key. Um, and, if and they can help. come out and be like that from the start, then that really puts pressure on New South Wales. They were certainly aided by the fact that Fafita was pretty quiet in game two. Yeah, look, he's still got a few offloads off, but yeah. uh, but he was certainly a lot more quiet. And they, um, he was well contained in the second half, definitely. Yeah, yeah, and they, they threw a lot more bodies at him. Uh, yeah. um, you know, that they didn't try to just say that, you know, one or two players could bring him down because no one or two players can really bring Andrew Fafida down. So he saw a lot more gang tackling and try to wrap his arms off so he couldn't get some offloads off. Um, but I think Fafida will bounce back, though. I don't think he was used as well as he probably could be in Game 2. Um, and I think Laurie Daly's under a lot of pressure going into this game. I don't think... Think he had a fantastic tactical game in game two, yeah. um, and if he should lose this, he'd have to say that he'll have to step down as coach because that'll be what one from four. Do you, um, do, you th- do you think though? I do think. I, 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 th- I think that game two loss has to come back and hurt somebody. Yeah, um, that was a real. Congratulation. Um, it's easy to say halfback and five eight need to take responsibility, and they should. But the coach should as well. You know, in the modern game, you can get messages out to the players very quickly. And if Laurie Daly wasn't adapting to what was happening um, as the game unfolded, then that's you know that's on him as well. Yeah. Gone are the days where you set some instructions and then you don't speak to your players again until halftime or full time. Like you can get messages out to the team now, and had plenty of time to rectify what was going on in game two and didn't. So that's yeah. it's on him. E- equally, if Queensland lose, 
Is Kevy Walters under any pressure? Um, yeah, I what's think his, so. What's his, what's his contract situation? Um, I don't know off the yeah. top of my head, no, to be honest. Um, you know, look, he'd be under a little bit of losing, pressure. But losing, a... losing two games in Brisbane with, you know, Cronk Thurston, Slater, <laughs> yeah. Smith. The Queensland are at a bit of a crossroads with their yeah. team at the moment. I, I know some of those old players probably aren't quite ready to hang up their Queensland boots yet, but they yeah. are. They are. You know, Thurston's already retired. Yeah. Um, the, Billy Slater might. You know, Cameron Smith might. Who knows? So well, they I, are I reckon if they if they lo- if they lose on Wednesday night, yeah. I think they do. They all. I think they all. They have to move on from those guys anyway. Yeah. Well, maybe not all of them, but you'd yeah. have to probably make a call on a couple of them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're they're an interesting time. But so will Kevin Walters feel the brunt of that, or will he get a little bit of leeway in saying, you know, this is the end of the Queensland dynasty? Mm. It was always going to happen. Uh, so let's cut him some slack and see if he can bring up the next kind of era of Queensland mm. rugby league. So, uh, so you've said Queensland. What's your what's your score? Mm, I mean, I didn't say Queensland. Didn't you say you think Queensland will win at home? <laughs> Oh, I think if Queensland win, it will be because they're at home, is what oh, I meant. Right. Okay, okay. So what's your prediction, Luke? I think New South Wales will win. I think they've been the better team. I think if Laurie Daly can make sure that he educates these guys that they've been the better team for the most part of this series and they just need to execute just a little bit better in the second half, I think they have more talent at this stage. Yeah. Uh, and I think they can. I think they might just get us home. Yeah. And that is really my heart speaking. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I'm... I'm going to go down a similar line, I have to admit. Um, I th- I just think New South Wales have had enough of a sniff in both games to know that they should already have the series in the back pocket by now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I I think they can... And I mean, the whole injury thing's been a crock anyway. So, so they've, <laughs> yeah. been tra- they've been training at full strength all this week. Uh, I think they know how they need to play in order to to take the Queensland crowd out of it. Um, I, I think there's no reason why they can't do it again. I don't think there'll be much in it. I, I think we're talking less than a convertible try again. Yeah, no, I agree. I totally agree. I don't think there'll be much in it. But but it, th- that first game was a thumping, and the second game was headed that way as well, and they just couldn't mm. capitalise. So, you know, there's every chance... If, 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 if New South Wales can overcome whatever mental damage was put on them from Game 2, then I think they'll win. If there's lingering issues, lingering doubts, or, or any kind of thought that they've forgotten how to win, mm. then Queensland will sniff it, and, and they'll go on and win. So it's going to be... A, no, I'm obviously stating the obvious, so I'm really looking forward to it, but I'm really looking forward to see how New South Wales respond to what was should have been a really deflating loss. Yeah, 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 and that's that's it will certainly be interesting to see what the bounce back factor is because there, there will have to be some you would think. Well, and there's also I'm not sure what the actual definition of it is, but if you, you use the thought of muscle memory, something you've yeah. done for a long time, it can work in reverse. Mitchell Pearce has never won an Origin series, so if if there's a little bit of pressure, Queensland get up early, and in the back of Mitchell Pearce's head, he's like, oh, here we go again, I'm going to lose another Origin series. There's your chief halfback, your chief playmaker with doubts in his head. Yeah. You know, is that going to play a part? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all going to be very interesting. Uh, kickoff bingo. Now, game yeah, two. I... Game two was ridiculously early. It was, um, and I'm just trying to very quickly look this up. It really threw me. It did. It was way early. Uh, where was it? Where was it? Where was it? It was. It was about eight fourteen, eight fifteen, or something. Yeah. 
So, Look, it's a decider. Yep. I think this will this may break the record for TV viewership. Yeah, I think because the first I two have Channel already have will, they? I I think Channel Nine will milk the hell out of that. I'm going late. I'm going real late. I'm going eight twenty six. Oh wow, wow, that is yep. that is well late. Now you said eight twenty five yep. in game two. Uh, I'm going to stick with my eight twenty one again. Okay. Uh, which is what I said from game two. We're both well over, but I, I'm with you. I think this has got. Yeah, I'm going this, this has got like this has got the the what? Like if 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 Gus Gould starts on his on his <laughs> on his on his you know monologue, I can see him switching to the other end to see Wally Lewis doing exactly the same thing. This Ooh. is oh, dueling monologues. How good! <laughs> I wonder if anyone on Twitter is going to go real deep and go like eight thirty, eight thirty five. Yeah. <laughs> How good would that be? How good would that be? Oh, game wouldn't fit. And because and, and we've got to go to Golden Point. Oh, jeez. Game won't finish till 11 o'clock. Oh, um, how good. How yeah. good. Yeah, Channel good nine. Good luck to our um, to our New Zealand audience. <laughs> It'll be 1 o'clock in the morning before they see a result. Oh. Uh, they're 10 years behind anyway. And, and again, Kiwis, if you've uh, if you've got your, any issues that you want to take up with Ryan O'Connell, you can send them care of the Cheap Seats podcast. Yeah. And if the Family Association of Australia could get off my back, I was clearly joking when I said <laughs> I my daughter to bed with a shot of scotch. I was joking. It's yeah, bourbon. It's, yeah, I was going to say it's vodka. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's change tack, mate. The, the cricket pay dispute goes on and on and on. What's going to break it? Um, well, the obvious thing that will break it is that there's an Ashes summer coming up, and yeah. there'll be no there'll be no winners if an Ashes summer gets cancelled. That would yeah. be um, very damaging to Cricket Australia. Probably, obviously, damaging to the players. Sponsors will absolutely freak out. Apparently, they already are. Yeah. Um, and apparently, the sponsors is what's really going to make this come to a head very soon because yeah. it's going to get very itchy and scratchy. And, and um, I think, and I think Ian Chapman yeah, actually I, touched on this. Uh, touched on this in the last couple of days. He actually said that it'll be the commercial partners that break this now. It'll be the, it'll be the broadcasters. It'll be the sponsors, like you say. Um, it'll probably be other international unions. I think actually what breaks it is that before the Ashes series, there's a one-day tour to India. Mm-hmm. That's, Ooh, that's that's what's gonna, really that's what's going to break it. Yeah, because those are revenue spitters when you when it be tour or get toured by India. Well, and and equally, they're bloody big lawsuits when you don't tour India, as the West Indies found yeah. out. So yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it, just Channel 9, for example. Imagine the yeah. revenue they stand to lose if there's no Ashes summer. I'm sure they're going to have to start putting heat on Cricket Australia pretty yeah. soon. Yeah. Um, well, e- equal, equally Channel 10, who, who aren't in the best position at all, if there's no Big Bash, they're just about done as a network. Yeah, good point. From, they might be done anyway. But that's a very good point. I hadn't, <laughs> yeah. thought, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. So, yeah, look, I... I, I would reckon this gets resolved. What are we now? Middle of July. Uh, I reckon this is resolved by the end of August. I, I, I think, and, and I say that because with every day this goes on now, I actually think Cricket Australia are, are, are coming out of this well behind in the PR oh, war. I totally they've, agree. They have lost this PR war. 
so long ago that it's not it's not funny. And I think they realise that. And James Sutherland is now getting involved, which is it's 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 outrageous that he wasn't involved to start with. If I'm completely honest, but I I, I think. I think this this get this gets on now. It's it's quite obvious the players aren't going to splinter. Um, they tried their best, you know, sp- splintering off the the superstars. They tried splintering off the women. They've all stuck rock solid. Uh, yeah. And and I think that's you know that's a that's a that's a sure sign. Yeah, I'd, I wouldn't surprise me if it gets done this week. To be honest. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. I, 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 th- I think the worm has turned uh, in terms of um, the amount of people that are now writing about it. It was always yeah. like a, a new story, but it wasn't the major news yeah. story because I don't think anyone took it too seriously. As it lingered on, uh, um, it became more of a more of a new story, more experts got involved and yeah. the more experts got involved the more Cricket Australia was shown to be caught with their pants down to be honest yeah. um, because they, they tried to paint the players as being greedy when it came out that it wasn't the players being greedy at all because under Cricket Australia's um, offer the elite players actually got more money yes that's right um, and so that, that kind of that, that narrative if you like disappeared um, and it became quite obvious of what the players want was more for, for state players yes. which yeah. Which, which is ironic because cricket says they want to fund more into the grassroots. Yeah. State players are grassroots. That's right. It doesn't get any more grassroots that, than that, does it? State, well, I mean, it does in terms of great cricket and all that, yeah. but but state the state um, farm system is what this made Australian cricket so strong. So mm. the players, to their credit, have stuck strong. Um, and I, I think as more and more details came out, more and more people turned against Cricket Australia. Yeah. And as you start to lose that PR battle, it's time to uh, you know, try to rectify that situation. And to your point, you know, it's, it's, it's well overdue for James Sutherland to get involved. Yeah. Now that he is, he'll be feeling some commercial pressure. Um, and there's just too many losers um, at stake yeah. for this not to get resolved. And as I said, I wouldn't be surprised if it gets solved this week. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I'll, I'll certainly, I'd, if that's the case, then good guessing. But... It's, it's long overdue as well. I think what's been interesting in, in all this is that whilst the likes of Steve Smith and Dave Warner have, have had plenty to say, that the, the players actually doing the talking on behalf of the players have been the likes of Ed Cowan and Peter Neville um, and Shane Watson, who, you know, is not even a domestic player anymore. He's effectively a, 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 a 2020 gun for hire now. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so... The, the very the very guys that Cricket Australia were trying to, you know, make richer theoretically, um, you know, are, are actually have actually taken a bit of a back seat to this, and it's been the guys that have that might in theory have stood the most to lose, being your your non big bash contracted state players that have actually yep. been front and center in this, and and I think that's actually, I think that's held the players, that's ensured the players have been seen in a really good light. Yeah, I mean the the other aspect with having those players be the main um, uh, mouthpiece is, and I mean this with all due respect, they're super intelligent guys. And oh, that's I'd, not to I'd, say that Steve I'd, Smith and Dave Warner aren't, but but that's their yeah. skill set is not negotiating and media tactics and all yeah. that. Whereas yeah. Ed Cowan is a very savvy individual, yeah. and it makes a lot of sense to put someone with that level of sophistication and intelligence and ability yeah. to mount an argument and defend an argument. It makes sense. For that, even though he might not be the most high-profile cricketer, he, he's the one that should be leading those discussions. And yeah. I think Steve Smith and Dave Warner—I mean, Dave Warner's been outspoken, but he's been outspoken about uh, how solid the players are sticking together, yeah. not necessarily the, 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 the nuances of negotiation and, and, and things like that. And I think that's smart. 
to yeah. be honest. No, I completely agree. And, and I was, I was going to make that same point. I'm, I'm quite sure that's by design too. It's, yep. it's not. Um, it's, it's certainly not a fluke. Right. So, yep. so uh, end of August. I'm saying. You're saying end of this week. We'll see. Yeah. Look, I don't think it would be super resolved by the end of this week, but I think the parties will come together and, and, and get to a much better space by the end yep. of this week because I think I think the pressure's starting to mount on cricket Australia specifically. Yeah, no doubt. The pressure's also mounting on Australian rugby right now, mate, and we can't. I mean. I feel like we've had the same conversation now. We're about to have it a third time over the yeah. last ten weeks, and we're not really any further advanced. Um, we're still no closer to knowing which, if any, Australian team is going to be cut for next year. Um, <laughs> we don't know, and this is what scares me the most about all this. Assuming that one team does get dissolved, what happens next? Then, what, <laughs> like, like then, then what? You know, what, how how is that actually going to solve? the problems that that we've got at the moment well i mean you know both clubs are signing players for next year which and i know they have to i know they have to work under the proviso that they'll be around next year but one of them won't be yeah well well, and what's and what's interesting in that just to pick up on that is that whilst whilst up until now both sides have been re-signing players on tuesday morning the the rebels announced that they've signed dave horwitz from the waratahs Mm. so so this is the first this is the first case of a player leaving, you know, one of the safe three teams mm-hmm. to go to it to sign with a team that might not be there next year. So, yeah. so that's that's interesting in a number of fronts. Yeah, I mean, it, it totally is. Um, but from a perspective of those teams, they have to assume they'll be there next year because yeah. one of them will be right. So yes. even if you do a fifty-fifty odds that one of them's going to be there, you can't act like no. you may not. You, you need to plan as if you are. Now, that has massive ramifications. I mean, just Horwitz, for example, if it is the Rebels that go, what happens then? Do, yeah. you know, is there another team for him to go to? Uh, all the other four teams have made the decision who their 12s are and things yeah. like that and who their backup 12s are. Like it, It's going to create a real nasty situation. Um, and the whole point of losing the team was to increase the depth of the other four teams and, and you know, increase the competitive balance within Australian rugby. But that's going to go out the door as well if you don't yeah. know where you're going to sign. Yeah, exactly right. And, and like, you, know, you see, you look at a, a guy like um, uh, Rob Simmons, who's not going to be re-signed by Queensland. He's still got another year to run on an ARU contract, which basically says that his, his, his price for a Super Rugby club is going to be significantly above what anyone can, can afford. And that's almost yeah. certainly going to force him overseas. So great, yeah, yeah, and that's that's the that's the situation that we're in now. So this is and this is what I wrote this week. I, I, I think it's a it's a, it's actually really concerning that we still don't know, you know, what the long term plan is. If if yeah, you know, they've they've said that it's going to save us X number of millions of dollars um, a year, but you know, and and forget about twenty eighteen because there's going to have to be contracts that are going to have to be honoured and all that sort of stuff. What happens? With those savings to 2019, 2020, what like, you know, what's the plan beyond? Because if 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 nothing changes and all we've done is lost the team, then are we really any better off? Yeah. Can I ask how how is the decision made? Well, I think that is. Is it a vote? No, I I, I don't know. No one no one knows because it hasn't been outlined or even hinted at how they're going to make the decision. I, I, all, all I can garner at the moment is that they are going to talk to both teams and basically hope that one... Blinks. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. And and so I, I think they're still hoping that they can buy out the Rebels franchise. I think they're still hoping that the Force's legal position isn't as strong as the Force think it is. So I, th- I think they're waiting for one of those scenarios to play out. I don't think if push comes to shove and Andrew Cox doesn't set, maintains he doesn't want to sell to Rebels and the Force's position is strong, I don't know how they do it. Do They <laughs> They might flip a coin for all we know. I, I genuinely don't know how they do it. I, I think when they initially made that decision, all the, all the roads and all the momentum seem to be pointing toward the force are under under ARU control, so that'll be easy. Yeah. Now, now I think I actually think the momentum has swung back toward the rebels, and I think I think now that there is a belief that it's going to be easier to to win Andrew Cox over and buy him out, even if it you know probably costs more than what they're initially talking about. I think that will still be cheaper than going down legal run legal route for, uh, against both sides. Well, it's also quicker, right? Because yeah. if you go down the legal route, that could take a oh, long, ex- long exa- time. Exactly right. And now so what, then what, what happens for the competition next year? Well, yeah, yeah, exactly right. Now, now South Africa have, have dropped... They've, they've confirmed the Cheetahs and the Kings are, gonna, uh, are going to pursue overseas competition opportunities next year, which everyone has taken as read that they'll join the Pro 12 comp next year, which is you know, Ireland, Wales, Scotland, Italy. They both took it, I mean, this is from afar, I've got to be honest, but they both took it pretty well, both they, those franchises. They, there yeah, must be did. some type of sweetener in it. Yeah, so, so the, I mean, the Kings are under South African rugby union control anyway, so that was, you know, a la the force, that was, that yeah. was the easy one. The Cheetahs, right. the announcement around the Cheetahs was that they'd accepted an agreement, or they'd made an agreement. Right. So right. there's obviously been some degree of... Of, of, yeah, of compensation or something like that. Gotcha, but gotcha. it's also being said that, that the deal to include the two South African teams in the Pro 12, the money that will come in to that competition from Supersport in South Africa will double the TV revenue. So they were always the poor cousins of Europe, the Pro 12 competition. Yeah. Suddenly now their TV pot's just been doubled. Yeah. All, 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 clubs, all, all the existing 12 clubs are going to get somewhere in the vicinity of half a million euro. Of course, yeah, right. of course, they're going to vote for it. So, yeah, you know, all for it. Yeah, two yeah. hands up. What, what'll be what'll be interesting will be how that competition gets structured because it's basically been a you know twelve teams. It's been a twenty-two round home and away. They're not going to be able to do that now. And there's talk about conferences and all sorts of stuff. And it's just like, oh, uh, uh, hello, Super Rugby Mark Two. Yeah, so, learn from your mistakes. Yeah, well, yeah, and this is that's exactly the conversation I had. Uh, I had with a, a, a journo over in Scotland just last weekend. Actually, you know, I'd learned from our mistakes, and he said, "I know it should be bloody obvious, but yeah." <laughs> uh, so here we go again. We're, we're at the end of we're at Mate, the end of an Australian quickly, rugby. We should... We're at the end of an Australian rugby discussion, and we're still no clearer. We should. We should just talk about the British Lions and All Black oh, series, yeah, though, yeah. mate, just quickly, because that was as enjoyable a series um, that I can remember in recent years. That was yeah. just a—I mean, I mean, Lions was always a spectacle. Let's let's be honest, but the rugby was really good. Three different types of games. Yeah, you know, the, the first was kind of open and with some good attacking football and some a nice try scored. The second was just a punch fest. Yeah, yeah, um, penalty goal fest. The third one was. And then the third one was kind of the same, but the, yeah. the intensity that both teams brought, um, the passion that both teams brought, the, the ability, I've just thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. And I think the best result was 
the result that we had because as an Australian, you don't get gloating Kiwis, you don't get gloating Poms. <laughs> yeah, that's that's certainly true. And, and look, I think I think if I think a draw is actually a pretty fair reflection of the of the series too. It was I think though in the end, both teams were pretty even. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you look at the first forty minutes of that first game, the lines were unlucky not to score a few more tries. Yeah. Um, I know that the, the scoreline kind of slightly flatters all, or the All Blacks, and then from there it was just an absolute slugfest. Yeah. And the Lions' defence was just absolutely sensational. Yeah. We kept waiting for the, the dam to burst. You thought, geez, the All Blacks are just going to open open them up here and you know score a few points, and the Lions just would not relent. No. It was you know a credit to Warren Gatlin and the coaching staff because that was just some ironclad defence from from a, a very good team. Yeah, yeah. So so Gatlin now second second series in charge, still yet to lose a series. So oh, <laughs> he he and, and and there was plenty of pressure on him uh, even after the first test. Yeah. There was plenty of pressure on him, and and there was yep. more than a few suggestions. Well, you know, maybe maybe Eddie Jones might be inclined to have a look at the Lions, uh, which would be interesting in itself. But but now I think. I think if if Gatlin now wants to say, and oh, he would nearly he'd have to be the first coach to, to 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 do three series in a row, surely. If he went to South Africa and won a series there, well, I mean that's his coaching legacy set in stone. Oh, yeah, I mean, as much as it probably felt like they were kissing their sister at the end of that game, that's almost a victory for the Lions. Oh, to absolutely, go to New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. come away with a drawn series from New Zealand, absolutely, it is. Absolutely, yep. mate. Now. Here's a little tidbit for you. This Ooh. is episode 99 for the Cheap Sports oh, Podcast. Bradman. 99 not out, we are currently. So, here is our pledge to our listeners. This time next both week... Yeah, both of you. This time next week, for episode 100, we're going to go the old school Ask the Cheap Seats special again. So, if there's anything... Oh. Oh, sorry, were you not listening in the production meeting for this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. get some NBA questions in for Brett, guys. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm looking forward to tackling those. I'm all over the draft. <laughs> I'm all over the summer league. I know what's going on. The All Star Weekend. Oh, yeah, I that believe. almost sound, that almost sounded believable until you yeah. got to the All Star Weekend, which was about four months ago. I couldn't believe how many home runs were hit. <laughs> <laughs> so if there's if any nagging, um, humorous, technical pedantic questions you want us to, to tackle next week in episode 100 hit us up on Twitter at Cheap Seats Pod uh, use the, the, the hashtag Ask the Cheap Seats again and we'll get stuck into them for as long as it takes so you know it might be five minutes hopefully it's a bit longer than that <laughs> and mate that's about us done uh, on the Cheap Seats this week yet again um, of course as I mentioned if there is a curly question you want us to tackle uh, for episode 100 hit us up at Twitter or on Twitter, at Cheap Seats Pod. Use the hashtag AskTheCheapSeats. Uh, and if you are really missing us, you can, of course, find us on SoundCloud and iTunes and TuneIn Radio app and all those ones. Just search for the Cheap Seats Podcast like you have. The back catalogue's all there. We've renewed our licence, so it's all good. Uh, you can get Ryan on Twitter, at Ryan Oak. You can get me on Twitter, at BMC Sport. And until next time, or next week, for episode 100, I've been Brett McKay. He's been Ryan O'Connell. Stay cheap, peeps. Bye for now. All right, in three, two, one. Hello and welcome to the Cheap Seats Podcast. I'm Brett McKay. The state of origin decider is upon us, and you know it's getting serious when both sides are claiming key injuries are under an injury club. <laughs> Let me try that again. <laughs>
Key, claiming key injuries are under a player cloud. <laughs> oh, funny, funny, funny. Uh, again, in three, two, one. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, this is right, funny. Sorry. This is good. It's good. No, this good. is it's, no, we're going great. Right, right. <laughs> oh, I got the giggles now. All, All right, right, yeah, right. go.